Welcome to Footy for Two. I'm Solomon Dubner. I'm Stephen Dubner. Solomon, as you know, I just put in the oven some of your very favorite food. Big, big roasting pan of cauliflower. I don't really like cauliflower. So your reward for being a Barca fan today is you get to eat cauliflower, which is okay. a food you do not like. Yeah. Yeah. So how you feeling, brother? Uh, not great. We happen to be talking, it's Monday, the Classico was Saturday. Took you how many hours would you say to recover? Because I'm done recovering. <laughs> At the time, you said you were feeling suicidal and homicidal. Which passed first? The suicidal passed first. How many hours would you say that was? Well, it took like half an hour. And the homicidal passed? Five hours. It took us a good five hours. And for those five hours when you felt homicidal, toward whom that was? Uh, Ronaldo, mainly. <laughs> <laughs> now, I want to talk about Ronaldo today. I don't, but I will. I, I can't wait to talk to you about it, because we had some very interesting conversations about him in the pub. How are you feeling generally before we get into the, the match about Barca's... Oh. We're looking good. I think we're going to win the treble. I'm actually going to say right now, if we if we don't if we've got to win two trophies for the rest of the season, meaning we don't win two of La Liga, the Copa del Rey, and the Champions League, I will for the last episode of the season. We're not going to stop when the season ends. We're going to go into the summer, but for the last episode of the season, I will wear a Real Madrid T-shirt, not a jersey, because <laughs> I'm not going to spend money something I'm going to burn after using it once. <laughs> But I'll wear a t-shirt, and, and we'll post pictures on Twitter. You're a bad man, so I know. Now let's uh, let's go over the classico. We uh, we yeah, went we'll get down, it over with. We went down to uh, Smithfield Hall in New York City, which is the pub where our Pena meets, and um, it was pretty. How would you describe the atmosphere? Before or after? Before. Excited, ready for a blowout, but that didn't happen. <laughs> It um, it's a lot of fun down there. It sounds kind of like th- this is just generally to give you a sense of what it sounds like. And Solomon, before the match, um, you got a chance to interview our our friend, and I would call him a mentor in Barca followership. Uh, Can you introduce this uh, interview? This guy, so I know very well and respect and admire. His name is Jordi Gitman Arasso. He's the head of the New York City Pena and organized all of the Barca fans together. And he's a uh, history professor by day, but uh, a Barca fan uh, around the clock. And you got a chance to talk to him about what uh, the New York City Pena is. So let's hear that. Hi, we're here at Smithfield Hall with Jordi Gitman Arasso, the head of the New York City Barcelona Pena. What would you say the Pena really means, like as a Barca fan and as a, especially the head of it? Well, you know, we live in New York City, and uh, Barcelona is a long way away, and uh, we, we gather here at La Peña to celebrate being Barca fans, but also be able to watch games and go beyond that in trying to fulfill the mission of the club. I've realized a lot of supporters are kind of snobby. They only want fans from the area of the club, but the Peña is nothing like that. No, of course not. This is New York City. This is the most diverse city in the world, and I think that the Peña should be a reflection of that. So we've worked really hard to open it up to everybody so that anyone that's interested in Barca, anybody that understands the mission and understands what we're trying to do together as a group, as a community, uh, can join us. And we welcome everybody. And in fact, it's part of, um, if you look at the Barca anthem, there's the line that says, Tan Sabal Don Banim, which means uh, in English uh, would be, it doesn't matter where we come from. And that's really what we try to emphasize here at the Peña in New York City. Okay, Solomon, then the game began. You can take it away. You can kind of do the blow-by-blow. What would you say were some of the early highlights or lowlights? The first lowlight occurred in the eighth minute when Luis Suarez, a great run for Neymar, I think it was off a counterattack. He was on the right wing for some reason, not the left. Hmm. He played a great ball across the goal for Suarez, who was wide open 
I say like three yards out, right? And he just scuffed at the chance, barely even shot it. Open net. Three yards out. Three yards out. Easiest what, goal you get ever. In retrospect, I remember in the pub. Every, here, here. Let's let's play a little. This is how we experienced it. We're in the eighth minute, scoreless. Solomon, how you feeling? Eighth minute, scoreless. Nervous, but pretty good. You're not. You, you think we should have scored by now? No. No. Oh. Oh. Yeah, I'm feeling fine. Prediction? Three 0 Barca. Two Suarez, one Messi. Salo Suarez just had an opportunity, missed an open net goal, beautiful pass from Ney. What are you thinking? I don't even know what to say about that. That was just terrible. But I still support Suarez fully. There's one for that out there. <laughs> okay, so Solomon, in retrospect, like we were all s- astonished because obviously all these guys make hard shots. I could have made this shot if I'd seen the ball, but what we do don't you think, think so. I don't think Suarez saw the ball. Yeah. And as I'll say in this clip, I was pretty upset when he missed it, but I, I always support him fully. He's the best striker in the world. I think the second best player in the world right now. Mm. After Ronaldo. Nicholas Bentner. No. Now, uh, at the 14th minute of the match, there was a, I found to be a fairly moving moment when the crowd cl- uh, applauded for Johan Cruyff, who wore number 14. This is what that sounded like. Hey, Salman, what's this clapping about right now? It's 14th minute clapping for Johan Cruyff because he just died out with his number. Salman, uh, by the 30th minute, there was a little piece of action, a free kick. You were, Ronaldo yeah. just went way over. <laughs> then, I don't remember exactly when it was, but in the first half, Sergio Ramos, who I think is one of the craziest, worst worst behaved players in football hacks down Messi on the edge of the penalty area at first I thought it was a penalty but then I realized it was outside the box which is actually better I would be comfortable saying that this season Barca might have a close have a better conversion range with well, at least on Messi's direct free kicks than penalties because the penalty conversion rate she has about 50% Mm-hmm. But he was hacked down the edge of the box. Should have been a straight red or a second yellow because I think he was actually already on yellow Ramos. But somehow the ref didn't call it. Later he got his second yellow. Yeah. So he could have had three if he'd been lucky. Yeah. yeah. So toward the end of that half, let's uh, let's hear a little bit of uh, toward the end of that half. And then we went to um, halftime and uh, you and some of our other friends were not feeling so happy. You can't be really surprised, but I expect a certain form from our, my players, right? And I, I don't feel like they, they play into the potential. The only person who is happy right now is Zidane. I'm, I'm saying he still, he still has the job. Yeah, I agree with Medina. The defense, no, no, Real Madrid looked dangerous. We looked much stronger. Suarez's miss was just kind of a miracle they didn't score that. For a miracle of Real Madrid. Um, Real Madrid looked threatening, like I said, but not that dangerous. Only had one or two real chances. We've dominated, and I think we should be ahead. I'm still not sure if that's a penalty or not, but Pepe is just a cheat with that dive when Suarez tapped his elbow. It's interesting, as you're speaking, you do have a smile on your face. You're not despondent or depressed yet. Is that because you're still hopeful about a positive outcome? I know we're going to win. <laughs> we're the best team in the world. Real Madrid's not even the best team in their own city. Salman, i got to say one thing about you, bud. Yeah. I like your faith. Thank you. I think you're deluded, <laughs> but I like your faith. Thank you. So, Salman, we come back for the second half, and what did you think generally about um, Barca's form overall through that first half? We looked fine, not as good as we could have been. I was confident we'd get much better in the second half. MSN was just not on form at all. And let me ask you this. We happen to be talking one day before uh, a big Champions League matchup, yes. uh, the first leg of Atletico Madrid-Barcelona and many other matches, which I know you want to preview later. How, how do you, you know, when you're a team at this level and you're playing so many intense matches with such high stakes, La Liga against uh, Real Madrid, you've got the uh, Champions League coming up, you've Copa del Rey's in the, in the offing. 
How do you budget not only your physical reservoir, but your emotional reservoir? You just have to keep going. There's no way around it. Just believe you can do it, and then it's easier to do it. Well, uh, do you think the MSN failure uh, this past weekend was largely physical, mental, strategic? What? I don't know. Neymar and Suarez were kind of played out of position, just gave maybe too much license to her own by Enrique. I think it's not a problem in the long run. I think they can just, can and probably will destroy Atletico Madrid mm. for reasons I will explain more later. Okay, but let me ask you this. Before the match, you were supremely confident. Yes, I was. Your predictions for the match were 3-0 Barcelona. I should say that before the match began, when our friend Samir was taking a, a pool. What did I write down? You wrote 1-1. And I was basically hated by everybody for even... Yeah. Rightly so. ...positing that uh, Barca would not win. I wanted to write... You remember what I told you? I really you thought wanted to write 2 Real Madrid. That was my actual prediction uh. before the match. I really thought that Real Madrid would come in and, and win. Unfortunately for, for Barca fans, um, including my own son, I was right. And yourself. Yeah, and myself. I'm a fan, but I'm not a fanatic like you are. But I, I do love Barcelona. I don't hate Real Madrid. That's the problem. Yes, it, That's that why you don't problem. love me. You don't yeah. love me because I don't hate Barcelona. Exactly. I hate Real Madrid. So, Solomon, second half, Barca was still looking. Things were promising. Let's hear a little bit of tape from the bar. This includes uh, a near Barca miss, uh, some Ronaldo booing, and then... Uh, Gerard Piquet goal. Gerard Piquet goal. Let's, let's listen to that from the bar. That was a Danny Alves close call in the 42nd minute. Who are you booing? Ronaldo. Why? Because he's Ronaldo. Describe that shot. What? Describe that shot. What? Messi! Messi! Oh, it's amazing. World-class trip. Almost dead. Didn't go in, though, did it? No. Let me say, it's still scoreless, though. 56 minutes. How you feeling, Salo? Go! <laughs> you feel a little better now? Yes! You're a little relieved? Yes! It's only 1-0. It's only 1-0, 57th minute. Gerard BK Bernabeu! Bernabeu! So Solomon, it was 1-0. 
PK, one of your favorite players. Yeah, except he, is, he hates Madrid more than anyone in this world. Uh, why is that? Catalan grew. He's very a very passionate, temperamental person. Mm-hmm. What's his middle name? Bernabeu. And what is Bernabeu for those who do not know? It's the name of former Real Madrid president Santiago Bernabeu and the name of their stadium, the Santiago Bernabeu of Stadium. Of the Real Madrid Stadium, right. So PK. I believe the Bernabeu in his name, though, was a Barcelona member mm-hmm. on the board. But still, to be a Barcelona star, Gerard Piquet, <laughs> whose middle name is the name of the stadium of the hated rival, there's something extra special about yeah. that, wouldn't you say? Mm. And this was not his first classical goal. He scored the most one I remember, there may have been others, was in, uh, a few years ago the, in the 6-2 at the Bernabeu, he scored a goal. I do remember in our last Footy for Two episode where I was asking you for predictions where you were predicting 3-0 Barca, then blah, 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 total domination, blah, blah, blah. I did ask you, do you think PK will score? What did I say? You said absolutely not, which the odds would say he wouldn't. This is only the second goal this season, correct? Yeah. So I'm not going to ding you for that. Thank you. Okay, so it was looking pretty good for a while, but then what happened? Karim Benzema mm. scores in a lot of classicos. He scares me. Especially because if I do something bad and he finds out, he could blackmail me. Mm. It was a beautiful goal, you have to admit. Yeah, it's kind of a bicycle kick. Yeah, let's let's listen into that one. So Real Madrid has equalized. They're one-one now. The sixty. Third minute right now. I think they equalized the 62nd. So now, uh, how would you describe your mood and the mood in the pub? Edgy, worried, but still a little bit confident mm-hmm. and believed we could win. Yeah, okay. And then shortly after the Benzema goal, though, it looked like uh, it was over. Do you remember? Do you want to yeah. describe that goal? The, uh, Gareth Bale, great header. We were all upset. I remember throwing my scarf down and pounding on the wall. Somehow, a football guy smiled upon Barcelona, and it was called offsides. It may have been the referees paying us back for not sending off Ramos earlier and giving a penalty or free kick. Yeah, it, it was a... Uh, um, Terro, absolutely horrendous call. Okay, talk, talk for a moment about the refereeing in the match overall. They wouldn't let the game go, which is very common. Classicos there are many fouls called when they shouldn't be. They eventually sent off Sir Jeremos way too late. He should have been sent off long ago. Pepe should have been sent off just by the fact that he's Pepe. Okay, so you're describing the uh, officiating basically from the perspective of a Barcelona fan, yeah, which I recognize you are. But that said— But granted, that was a horrendous, horrendous call on the Bale goal. He was, when Bale's goal he was, was miles on side. Right, right, right. So it would have been 2-1 Real, yeah. but it wasn't. The goal was disallowed. But then shortly after, it was 2-1 Real. Oh. And um, it was not a happy time no. to be a Barcelona fan. Let's let's listen into a little bit of that. And uh, afterwards, then Salman, you took some of your um, some of our friends and uh, former Barca um, supporter. Well, not all were Barca supporters. You, you're going to talk to uh, Travis, who's a um, what do you call him? A, a one time, a young but one time professional soccer player. Right? Yeah, I played for Red Bull Academy. Red Bull Academy. Um, and Travis is about how old? Twenty two, I think. Yeah. Okay, and his Arsenal friend, fan. his friend Dylan, who's a big Liverpool fan, who'd come earlier to the pub to watch Liverpool Spurs, and Dylan played uh, at, uh, college at, uh, Bu- at Buffalo, SUNY, yeah. SUNY Buffalo, I believe it's called. Which he admitted himself was one of the most depressing cities. Mm. 
And you also uh, talked to then Mario, who's one of the uh, um, most, um, I would say, would you call him one of the most tactically uh, in inclined Barca supporters there? Yeah, he's very knowledgeable, yeah. definitely. So uh, let's hear you uh, talking to those guys after the match. I think Real Madrid started off pretty solely. That, you know, they had no shape, and they were getting ransacked at the beginning. But as the game went on, they started countering more. They got their chances. The chances Barcelona, you know, didn't have all game. And honestly, I think they deserve to win. Yeah, I think uh, the front three didn't, didn't look too lively today. And I think that's really the main force of their team. So when they're not on form, Barca really doesn't perform. So it's a rare performance from them. But they're still going to win the league. They're six points ahead. It's one loss in, in like almost 40 games now. There's no crisis. This was by far the most difficult game I'll have the rest of the season. Home or away. They'll, they'll win, though. They'll, they'll win, they'll win. I don't think they'll let it slip, personally. I think they're too good to do that at this point. But it's definitely going to hurt the ego that they lost this game, El Clasico. So, Solomon, Barca's unbeaten streak was broken. Yeah, Help. 39 games. Wowzer. I do know of another yeah. unbeaten streak. Duncow FC, the team sponsored by Freakonomics, has gone eight league matches unbeaten. It's a great accomplishment. They could, they could be promoted from their Sunday league to a Saturday league. Uh, and we um, we had a great uh, good fortune to go visit them up in Shrewsbury um, yes, we did. a few months ago. What, what was that? Spring? Uh, Winter break. Christmas break, yeah. Uh, so Duncow FC is indeed the football club that Freakonomics Radio um, sponsored. We, we sponsored them. They wear their kits, have, say Freakonomics Radio right on them. And um, we're a very fan of um, father and son Simpson. In fact, would you say that um, Paul and Alex Simpson, father and son, are a little bit of an inspiration for this podcast? You're looking at me very puzzled, like, no. Well, I just saw, yeah. like, a father and son who were yeah, into footy. Yeah, I see like Because the, the dad manages the club. The son Alex is, is uh, and he's a media manager, fourth-string keeper, third-string keeper, and linesman. Right, and very involved in, uh, in boosting the team's fortune. So, anyway, um, Freakonomics Radio does admire Duncow FC. We follow them on Twitter. Freakonomics follows only two. And we only follow five people, including them. Is that why? What? Footy for Two only follows five people? Yeah. I think we should follow everybody. Should we? Even Ronaldo. If no. you want us to follow you, you should send us a message on Twitter at Footy for Two saying why. Well, but if, if it's not your t if it's not worth your time, I completely understand. I wouldn't do it either. <laughs> <laughs> Solomon, uh, we covered the Classico quite in depth. And what I, do you want to talk about next, brother? The Premier League. Let's talk about the Premier League. I've heard of that. So let's start with Aston Villa versus Chelsea. Great club. Eh, middling club. Aston Villa. Mm. What? They're just funny. They're, Can one be relegated two leagues in one season or no? It's not possible. They should change the rule so Villa can be. There. Right, so but, talk about... Well, Villa, re actually, a, few, a month or two ago, they were they lost 3-0 to the under-21s team, which means, like, Barca B would probably destroy Aston Villa. Mm -hmm. But Chelsea won 4 0 Good debut from the American Matt Miazga at the center of defense. And Alexander Pedro, I think he waited 63 days since signing on from Sao Paulo, Brazil, I think. And... He scored as a sub for Loic Remy, who was injured. He scored off from the spot, but he was clearly very excited. And Ruben Loftus-Cheek, young Chelsea midfielder, scored his first Premier League goals. So that's got to feel like, if you're a Chelsea fan, that's got to feel like a great day because your young talent is producing. Yeah, and then Pedro scored a brace. Oh, we love Pedro. We love Pedro. We miss and Pedro. then, just today it was announced, Antonio Conte is going to take over Chelsea after the Euros, which we'll get more into in our transfer section later. Mm. So for all our Chelsea friends and supporters, we probably know a lot of people that, uh, right? Between yeah. us, we know a lot of Chelsea fans and supporters. And we've had good times at Stamford Bridge. We've seen yeah. a match. We've done a tour. What was the name of that tour guide? Howard? Howard. He was oh, a great man. The 
the best. The best tour of ever. If you ever go for a tour at Safer Bridge to look for a bald guy with glasses, looks about 55. I think you think that everybody's bald with glasses, everybody over 16. You're not bald, but I'm you not do bald. have glasses. I do you're have very, glasses. Your hair's going gray, though. Or do you not want me to say it in the air for people to know? You know, I like to preserve the uh the, the, the mystery apparition, the mystery yeah, yeah. i like people <laughs> the think enigma got, of economics like bi- i like people think i have big long flowing blonde we should give you a mohawk we should give you a mohawk okay uh what else in the premier league do you want to talk about salo um arsenal be what for four now to barely stay in the title race um alex wobi has been unbelievable scored second premier league goal i think maybe his third mm-hmm. um i must say when we were watching the spurs um Liverpool, Liverpool match where our, your friend, our friend Travis, who's a big Arsenal supporter, boy, he was rooting. For, <laughs> he was rooting so hard for Liverpool. I, I root for a team against Real Madrid. I didn't know he wasn't a Liverpool fan. Yeah, let me put it that way. Yeah, that's a good game. Coutinho scored in the second half, but then Kane canceled it out. One-one. Spurs also barely in title race, which means Leicester's probably going to win it after their one-nil win Unreal. at home to Southampton with a goal from the captain West Morgan for the first time in like eleven months, and it was a. They're the chairman of Leicester. Don't I can try to pronounce it? His name is Vichai Vichai Sriv on Hanaprabha. Mm-hmm, okay. And he gave every Leicester fan at the game a free donut and a beer. Well, that's nice. That's nice. You know why that's really nice is because donuts and beer go together so well. Yes. I know you haven't had the the joy of that yet. Have you ever had a beer? You let me drink your beer sometimes. Uh, what's your view of the taste of beer? Eh. What's your favorite beverage? I'm allowed to say Pepsi. You are allowed to. I'm say gonna say Pepsi. Pepsi. Uh, you like scotch quite a lot, though, don't no, you? No, I don't. Sometimes you sniff a scotch when I'm drinking it, and you just about pass out, yes. don't you? Yeah. Um, then, also in the Premier League, City, Man City beat Bournemouth 4-0, mm. and West Ham drew 2-2 with Crystal Palace, which which makes it hard for them to qualify for the Champions League. And then, Man U beat Everton 1-0. They're the first cl- English club to score 1,000 home goals, I think, in the league, maybe. It was a, the only goal of the game was from Mar- Anthony Martial. You love Martial, don't you? I do. Like what do you him. love about him? Young, talented. May- maybe. The but next when you say talented, what does he do well? He's that exciting. Other young players he can dribble. Do. He can shoot. He can really do everything. He's Talk, mature. Tell me one thing about him technically that I wouldn't know if I don't know anything about him. Is he two footed? Is he fast on the wing? What he's is he? He's fast on the wing. Um, also, he's just so smart for a player of his age. He know he always makes the right decision. Mm. But um, Everton are just doing badly for a team with players of their caliber. Mm-hmm. They should be. Qu- Contending for at least the Europa League places, but they're in twelfth place. Hey, can I ask you a question? Of when course. you watch a great young player um, on a Premier League team, let's say, do you appreciate that player for his own strengths, or do you immediately think, "Ooh, I'd like him to come to Barca one day"? Definitely a combination. <laughs> You're a true fan. Thank fan you. being short for fanatic. That wasn't yeah. a compliment. Oh, thank. Uh, Just so you know. Before we go to Champions League, we're just going to touch on one more league, one game: the Rome Derby in Serie A. There were barely any fans in the stadium. Probably no more than two, like five thousand. Just guessing. This is a security uh, issue. No, right it now? was the fans are boycotting over security measures, and the ultras of the two teams, Roma and Lazio, being split up. But Roma won four one, and Lazio sacked the manager Stefano Pioli. Simone Inzaghi is going to replace him the rest of the season. Wait, so you're saying that fans protested the security measures by boycotting the match? Yes. Wowzer. Uh, that's hard to believe. And these matches are usually completely sold out. Hard to believe. Uh, and, and when you say, wait, the ultras, which are the hardcore, yeah. what we think of as whatever, hooliganish fans, you were saying they, they were split up how? They used to be seated next to each other? No, the but there was not as much security in between. Them. I'm not mm. exactly sure of the details. Did your friend Giacomo go to this match? No, he did not, because it was technically, they share a stadium as a home derby for 
Lazio. When I see. A, and if you're a Roma fan, this season has been, how would you characterize it? Started out badly. Now they're looking like they might finish in second or at least mm-hmm. third. They're going to qualify for the Champions League, which is good. But if you're a Juventus fan, this has been a really exciting season. Yeah, start out terribly. Terribly. Now it looks like they're going to win the league again. Yeah. There are, we have a lot of friends who are Juventus fans. Sam, hello, Sam. All of you, congratulations on what looks to be a very, uh, a very good season, Serie A. Um, and forgive us for beating you so gloriously last, last season. year. And now, final. speaking of Champions League, let's get into it. So let's get into we it. We previewed Barca Atletico. I think it'll be harder for Atletico with Jimenez and Godin out. No feisty or going battle between them and Suarez. <laughs> Atletico, like they did last time in the comp, no, they'll press high. They're, no one does as well as them. I think tactically, Simeone might be the best coach in the world. Mm. Up, up there with Guardiola, Mourinho. Mm-hmm. Um, How does Ney feel about facing Athletic? He loves them. Uh, I think they're the team with Barca who scored the most against. We haven't. So, lo- we've beat them every time. We've played them under Luis Enrique. So it's funny when I think of Ney and I think of Atleti. I think of uh, uh, Atletico Madrid as a very physical. I mean, yeah, very. And talented. they beat him up. They right. beat him up. Uh, that's what I think of. They kick him and. And kick he him. also. I mean, the rap on him is that he's not that he's uh, physically weak. I mean, he's he's he's. He's, he's slight. Tough. He's yeah. slight, but man, he seems to thrive on the yeah. attention, doesn't he? Yeah. I think it's going to be 2-0 to Barcelona. Wait, let's say that nice and clearly so that if we need to play it back next week, if you're wrong, we have it on tape. I think it's going to be 2-0 to Barcelona. Against Atletico Madrid yeah. in, the champion, in the first leg of the Champions League. So now League we're going to go to quarter. Bayern and Benfica. Pep Guardiola wants to win more than anything because if he doesn't win the Champions League at Bayern, he'll be viewed as a failure there. And do you think that's fair or no? To an extent, yes. He was brought there to keep winning, but I just don't know really. And also when you come in like Pep did to Bayern and they had just won a treble, yeah. it's like what if you don't do something very substantial, just being Pep Guardiola is not enough. Yeah. Um, I think Benfica's going to sit deep, absorb Bayern's pressure, and just counter while Bayern's going to look to pass around them and do whatever they can. My prediction is uh, 3-1 Bayern. You may have said this. I missed it. The, this match is at Bayern or at Yes, Benfica? it is. Bayern. Okay. So you're predicting 3-1 Bayern over Benfica. Okay, what about the next match? Wolfsburg, the mighty power from Germany who's like eighth in the table or something. Yeah, against, against Real Madrid. Uh, Real's going to be confident after winning the Clasico. It's in Wolfsburg, and it's going to be 2-0 to Real Madrid. 2-0 Madrid is your guess? Okay. Yeah, and then one of the uh, really exciting matches, the last one of the quarters, PSG Man City. Why, is, why do you consider this a particularly exciting one? Well, it's one. a battle of money, the two two very rich, rich teams who only became rich recently. Neither of them are playing for league title anymore because PSG's won it and City's out of the running. So Champions League is big for both of them. City's players are playing to impress Pep, the incoming coach. Uh, but PSG is stronger there at home. They're both going to play to win, play attacking football. It'll be exciting. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be uh, 3-1 PSG in the first leg in Paris. Okay, so your predictions for the first leg of the quarters of the Champions League are Barcelona, Bayern, Real Madrid, and PSG as winners. And who would you say, if you had to fast forward to the final, which is being held where this year? Milan. Milan. Who will be meeting in Milan for the final? On And what's the date? Do you happen to know off the top uh, of your of head? Of course, it's Saturday, May 28th, 2.45 p.m. Eastern Standard <laughs> Time. Okay, Eastern Daylight Time, actually. Are you sure? Yeah, sure. Okay. Once we go to Daylight Time. That's why, you know, I should say this to people. Don't say Standard Time or Daylight Time. Just say Eastern Time, because then Don't you write whatever Don't it is. Don't listen to <laughs> Okay, but Solomon, uh, who do you think's in the final? Well, I don't know because we say it with your head, not your heart. Because well, your heart, because it's hard because it's not a bracket; it's just a draw. So I right, think the sure. two the two best teams are Barcelona and Bayern Munich. Mm-hmm. So I'll say that's what it'll be. And what would the outcome of that match be? 
it's not possible possible for me to think we won't win that. So I'll say two one Barca. And who would score? Suarez and Neymar. <laughs> you look so I don't know what the word is. I'm laughing because a dog. Do you hear the dog? I do hear the dog. The dog wants to come in where we're recording our podcast. Oh, now she's barking. The dog's not allowed to come in. She, you know, and when she starts contributing to this podcast, yeah. she can come in. But she doesn't. She doesn't put the mics on the stands when we ask her to. Yeah. She. I mean, she doesn't she, have opposable she's not, thumbs. She's. She's not that good tactically. <laughs> she's not that. Good. She goes to her left pretty well, I find, though. Yeah. Yeah. Solomon, we've covered the um, very exciting Classico, which had an outcome not to your liking. We've covered um, a little Champions League preview. Anything else we should? Oh, sorry, we covered the um, uh, Premier, Premier League. League. A little yep. bit of serious. Let's go to the transfer news before we, before we wrap up. Let's go to some transfer news before we wrap up. And can I ask you a question? Do of you course. think that most footy fans, how do you think most footy fans would rank uh, transfer news in terms of their favorite and least favorite? news of very the high very mm-hmm. high and do you want to talk for just a minute more about your project uh that you're launching with several footy for two listeners or do, do you i would love to well let's hear a little so bit about we it. mainly me are compiling a list of the top 100 players for next season it's mm-hmm. going to be very detailed best player, 100 players over next season it's going to start with the summer international competitions we've had great responses from Footy for two listeners. We've had at least 20 people write to us. And so what are these? Um, you're going to divvy up the scouting? How is that going to work? That, I'm having people email me the players they want to cover. It's too much to explain over the air, mm-hmm. but um, just email us at footyfortwo@gmail.com. Basically, and we'll get back to you as soon as we can. You're drawing up a big list from which to winnow down to 100, yeah. and then you're going to have people kind of scout and uh, gather yeah. data. Um, and it's going to be in order of the top 100. Everyone is going to get their assigned player, like who they're responsible for covering within a week. Now, I should say this. Uh, you and I are going to do some scouting in Europe this summer. Yes, we are going to the Euros. We're going to go see some Euro matches, mostly knockout, mostly a group stage, a little bit of knockout. And um, and uh, I'm guessing you'll have a lot of players that you'll be keeping your eye on during those matches. Who are you particularly looking forward to seeing play there? Just want a few names. Yeah. Well, just Barca in general, like all the Spanish players, uh, Arda, Rakitic, Renato Sanchez, Benfica, Lincoln. Mm-hmm. 18-year-old Benfica midfielder is unbelievable. It's being linked with a uh, move to United this summer for £40 million. Pounds. Mm. Mm. Very similar to Golo Conte in the way he plays, mm-hmm. but he's more of a goal threat, I think. Uh-huh. We're also seeing Germany play. We're seeing uh, uh, Poland play. I believe. Can you just name a few other lesser-known players that you might want to keep an eye out on? Let me think. Um, no, usually in these tournaments, the, it's the big players who can really show themselves. Well, William, William Carvalho and Sporting pretty well. No, Sporting in Portugal, he's good. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, so uh, let's wrap up with a little bit more transfer news, please. So Yaya Torres officially has been announced he's going to leave Man City this, after the season. Mm. How do you feel about that? I don't care. I mean, you're not Yaya. a City fan. Are you a big Yaya fan? I, I think he's a good – I like him, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's going to go to China for big money. No, really? Yeah. I did read an article, I believe it was in The Economist, that said that in the winter signing period – now, this may be maybe the – Maybe the European leagues don't sign just don't sign that much in the winter. Yeah. But it said that in the win- in the most recent winter signing period that I believe Chinese leagues spent more than I think all the other Europe all the European I used to, leagues. I had a combined. few big transfers. Who would you go play there if you were still top talent? No. But I'm not sure if Yaya is top talent anymore, at least with the, with the, his work rate. I think we just lost one listener. I think Yaya is not going to listen to footy for two Sorry, anymore. Yaya. Because you got to imagine that someone like that certainly still thinks of themselves as top yeah, talent. Yeah, he just doesn't work hard. Do you think of yourself as top podcast talent? Well, if you were to buy out this podcast, it would be much easier to get it for 
closer to its approximate value than the amount Real Madrid paid for Gareth Bale, 100 million euros. <laughs> that that is what I can tell you. But he was great in the classical. I think he was banned the match. He was. Like transfer news. Diego Costa could go to PSG or Atletico from Chelsea. Mm-hmm. Uh, former Atletico man. I actually wrote up some reasons why Let's he should it. go to Chelsea. Okay, so for PSG, easy league title, chance at the Champions League, and amazing money. Okay. For Atletico, though, he's loved by the fans. Mm. Familiar place. He speaks language. It might be easier. It might be a little easier to get picked for the Spanish, Spanish national team. Uh, interesting. But shouldn't make a difference. And Stigos Mayone. Mm. Um, I want to know um, one dark horse. That you, what's one big piece of transfer news this summer you think that will happen that people haven't been talking about a lot? Does anything mm. fall into that category? These, this rumor only came out today, mainly. Giacomo, my friend, will not like me for saying this, but I think Antonio Conte was announced as a new Chelsea manager today, so right. I think he's going to go. F- the players he's looking at are Romelu Lukaku and two from Roma, Kostas Manolo as a center back, and... Raja Nigel and great central midfielder mm-hmm. who I'm not a big fan of even though he's a great player just because he broke he tore Rafinha's ACL in Barcelona mm-hmm. who's going to come back soon. but Roma would obviously not like to lose either or both of them either yeah um, or, Lukaku is a very compelling player yeah, and a say. former Chelsea man they sold him just two years ago for, to Everton for 20 million pounds mm-hmm. now they have to be like 50 mm-hmm. would Roger Bennett be gutted were Lukaku to leave? Yes. Mm. Roger Bennett of Men Blazers. Hello, Roger Bennett and Michael Davies. And one last piece of transfer news before we sign off is just funny. PSG is... I'll be the judge of that. You're, you're going to laugh. PSG is reportedly ready to meet Neymar's release clause of 193 million euros. <laughs> you're right. Even if they bid, make that bid, Barcelona has to accept it. But there's no way Neymar's going to leave for PSG, I don't think. Salman, I always enjoy hearing from you. I enjoy being taught by you. I enjoy talking footy with you because this is not footy for one. It's footy for two. That's pretty corny. Yeah, that was corny as heck.